time for the Magpie 24-7 Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. Discussing all things Newcastle United, passionate, unfiltered, unfiltered, and totally black and white by fans for fans. What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Magpie 24-7 podcast, and it's not a negative podcast for the first time in what feels like a bastard century. Because we've, we've been, it's been a while, Paul. We didn't win, no, we, but we didn't lose. It's it, it's a strange one. We obviously drew two each against Tottenham. Um, we scored two goals. We scored two goals. It's an absolute miracle in itself. It, it is. That it, we managed to do that. Miracle. It is. It's mental. I mean, if you had said it was before the game, 2-2, two, two, I would have probably bitten your hand off after the absolute... I'd probably laughed in your face. <laughs> the absolute piece of shit that was Brighton away. Um, they've been, even flipping, the mastermind Bruce has been talking about it in his press conference. They needed a response. They needed a response. Roll the sleeves up. The same regurgitated bullshit every single week. Um, but... To to start off, mate, we'll, we might actually be able to talk about football in this podcast, which is... It's a rare, rarity, isn't it? it? Is, it's, going to be, it's going to be strange, but we might as well crack straight into the team. Um, he cha- The system got changed, which I was happy with, but the interview before beforehand, Paul, he was like, oh, these are forced, this is forced because we've had a couple of injuries. What baffles me is... The initial formation with the split strike has relied on Callum Wilson, Alan St. Maximin, and Miggy Fraser, Miggy But the formation was based around them. All three of them got injured and he kept the same formation. Wouldn't that force you to change the system a couple of weeks ago instead of just, instead of now, where two of them are back in? But anyway, he goes to the he goes to a five at the back, which raised a couple of it raised several eyebrows, including mine, because right, bear with us. He plays he plays a right winger at right back, he plays a left winger at left back, he plays a right back at centre back, he plays a left back he plays a left back at centre back, there's a right back on the bench, there's a centre back on the bench. Um I think I've got it. I, I don't know if I've tongue twisted it or anything, but and you've got Joel Linton again, he's he's yeah, you he played Joel in that position and he was and, not a striker. Yeah. Square pegs in, in, in round holes. It was very, very, very confusing. Kraft coming in from the absolute cold. I know he played internationally during the week, but it, it's it's like it's a game of Tom Bowler and he's just picking names out of a out of a hat or something like that. But you're looking at it and you're scratching your head and you're trying to work out how are we playing, how are we setting up. Because like, like, like you touched on before, we've, we've gone from, um, you know... He, he was trying to find the players to suit the system and then all of a sudden he, now that the players are starting to come back he's, well, he's said well wait a second now I'm going to change the formation after all it would have been more productive to have done that after we'd lost the personnel that was suited the previous uh, formation but you know it's, it's took him a couple of games it's took him a couple of weeks I know he's a senior he's getting into his senior years and, and this that but maybe it takes him a little bit longer his thought and process time but yeah the I think before the game started, there was a lot of uh, bitterness uh, and there was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of confusion yes. about what the hell he was doing, bringing players in from the call, dropping others, 
where was Carroll? Where was Fernandez? Those were the questions that were being asked, you know, before kickoff. In what, on paper, looks a particularly difficult and, and, and tricky uh, game for Newcastle, you know, because obviously the position we're in and the quality, you know, that they, they were able to leave Son and uh, Gareth Bale on the bench, and you're sitting there thinking, yeah. goodness me, they'd be star players in our team, no doubt about it. Yeah, there were. I mean. Spurs are fighting for the Champions League places and going into this game, mate, I was I was breaking it, obviously after Brighton. But my thing is, why do why did Newcastle have to change a system after a really bad defeat? Like Sheffield's United defeat would change the formation. Uh I remember last season we got home off Leicester 5 0 away from home. Sadly, I was there to say that. <laughs> um we changed the formation. Yeah, like we'll have to be beaten to an extent where it's a seen as really really bad for us to actually look at this formation and change it why we're so reactive and you mentioned he's in his senior years uh to uh, and it's and he's a bit slower but 20 months mate like how slow do you have to be to re to react only a handful of times in 20 months and even then they're not long-term solutions they're just it's so frustrating, isn't it? Probably worse and worse, and then the, then it happens again. But we'll keep getting yeah. worse. We won't get any better, mate. And that's the problem over a long term. It, it is. And the thing is, if you watch, and obviously we watch a lot of football, but if you're watching other teams play, if you're watching a Manchester City, or if you're watching, um, you know, one of the top Spanish teams, you'll notice that during the game, they might have five, six, seven, eight different formations and move the personnel around during the game. At Newcastle, it takes us five, six, seven, eight weeks or sometimes even months before we are able to make one tactical change, you know, and it's so frustrating when you're watching others. I mean, we were joking on about during the international break about the fact that uh, San Marino would give us a, a game. Heck, even uh, Mongolia, who lost 14-0 against Japan, they would, they would give us a game. We aren't reactive. We can't change tactics mid-game. We are very, very slow to, uh, to, to react. We don't change things, you know, from looking at the opposition and, think, and how to tactically maybe work, work the game. We don't, we don't do that. Um, and it, it's, it's like watching it. It's watching Newcastle is like trying to watch a, a slow turn. It, it's slow. It's pointless. It's pitiful. It's painful. Um, and, and you just sit there and have, you know. Envious eyes when you're watching some of this international football like we've been doing over the, the past two weeks, and you see the speed and you see those changes in full flow, um, and you see what young, hungry managers are doing with different philosophies on the game and this, that, and the other. I mean, you even look at some of the minnows, take your San Marinos, even the San Marinos now are used to get beat 14 and 15 nils. Now they, they can do it. I mean, Manchester City, when they were in the cup. Recently, and their, their struggle to get past a lower league opposition because, again, the team was constantly changing during the match, and it's something that Newcastle cannot do because the people who were doing the thinking for Newcastle are absolutely brain cells. Jurassic. Yeah, the, the lack brain cells, the lack common sense, the lack uh, eyesight, uh, and the 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 lack, the, like you said, they lack the ability to uh, react and also to be proactive and to try different things. You know, you'll hear Bruce say, "I wanted." I was disappointed to come see the goal before half time because I wanted to get them in at half time and change uh, and, and look at some stuff or change some stuff. There's no reason why you can't change it 10 times in the first half. 
So he doesn't, he doesn't change anything though, mate. I'd, no. I'd love, to, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he speaks at half time, like because he probably puts them to sleep. Probably talks yeah. about what's on the telly later on, or what he's going to do with Easter Monday. Easter Monday, how many flipping Easter eggs he's at? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean that, he's, that's probably... he's probably sat at half time. He's probably sat at half time complaining that. Oh, Mrs. Bruce was one of them fourteen thousand people who filled the fucking survey, and she wants me out as well. That's what he's probably whinging about at half time, uh, and he's probably polishing John Joe Shelby's bald head. That's that's the probably top top and bottom of it. I've got no faith in the man whatsoever. Um, you know, he, he is such a problem at Newcastle, but it's so oh, frustrating. Yeah. It, it's so frustrating if you watch, like I say, international football, Premier League football, doesn't matter what's what. FA Cup football and USC in opposition, which are way poorer and have way less better players than, say, what a Newcastle's got. And, and they're being reactive and they're trying different things and they're probing and they're trying different uh, set pieces. And, like I say, five at the back, four at the back, three at the back, drop players back, switch players over from right to left all the time. They're constantly evolving at Newcastle. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like you've got some people like the Manchester Cities of the world who are like Star Trek, and and, and we're sitting there with, uh, you know, we're Captain Caveman. You know what I mean? We've got a, a, a club, and, and we're sitting there scr- scratching under our arms and stiffing our asses. Do you know what I mean? What we are in the prehistoric compared to a lot of these, and, and today, I think that's why everybody feels a little bit relieved because I think we're all fearing the worst. So to go and get a two-two draw. Uh, it feels great just to score two goals, but just remember we are demanding bastards at the end of the day. We ask, we ask, we and expect too much. Us asking for two goals today, we're greedy bastards. Uh, those ungrateful like, oh, Jordy bastards, Paul. But um, to be honest, it's the first ten minutes, twenty minutes will start really well. We get a, we get a couple of, we get a couple of chances. Tottenham do as well, mind, but. We'll get a couple of chances. Um, Joel Linton had a good chance that he put wide. Um, like Gail had an absolute sitter. Oh, the ball, the ball, the, the, yeah, I had two. The ball falls to him. And honestly, man, if that was Callum Wilson, if that was Andy Carroll, in fact, even if it was Joel Linton, I'd back either of the three to put that away. I'd back, I'd back Dwight Gale to score that as well. But it's a sitter, mate, and he flipping skies it. He skies it straight at the flipping keeper. Uh, he gets the ball back, luckily, and then he, he, he basically sits on the ball, man. At like when you're in the relegation dogfight, like we are, those are chances you've got to take. And Dwight Gale, who you can put your hat on to take chances, like oh, he's literally, no, no he's literally, he's literally a, a goal poacher. That's his job, and he doesn't put it away, mate. And it's like it's so frustrating because we, we had we had the game, we're doing really well, and we're pushing and. We're playing on the front foot, um, and we'll get a chance like that. The ball was put in by John Joe as well. The one good thing he did today, um, the ball goes over. It was over. a fantastic cross, and it's so disappointing because I expect Dwight Gale to put that in the back of the net. Like they're talking about a new three-year contract for him. I'd rip it up if he keeps missing chances like that, mate. Seriously, like I rate the lad. He can put put score the odd goal in the season, but got to be putting what, that away. What we need, mate, what we need from Dwight Gale is a, to go on a run similar to the end of last season where he had a nice little purple patch and he was scoring quite regularly up to I think getting injured again. Surprise, surprise. Um, but if we can get Dwight Gale in that sort of mood a la last season, 
he can be a fantastic asset to Newcastle. He can take some of the yeah. pressure of Callum Wilson because there's no doubt. I think Callum Wilson will be involved next week. I wish but, he was playing. Um, yeah, I mean, I was gutted. I was really gutted after seeing him tr- on on the pitches and stuff. Um, to, to not see him involved today, but you've got to think he's going to be on the bench next week. He may get ten minutes, like ASM's had. Uh, you know, like today he's had a run out, doesn't he? I think Callum Wilson will get that next week. So you know, if if Dwight Gill can take some of the pressure off, and if he can score a goal or two next week against Burnley in what is an absolutely huge, massive game, then fantastic. But yeah, Dwight Gill, he, he, he can do it, but he'll know by himself. The first chance, the header, that should have been in the net. The follow-up chance, oh my word, my grandmother stuck that in. It, it, so yeah. frustrating, so maddening, but at least he's getting into them positions and also, more more importantly, I suppose, creating chances because Newcastle don't create a lot of chances, but you were fearful at that point. You, you said never again. It's going to be one of them days. Yeah, I like, really oh, did. A rarity on the Magpie 24-7 podcast, Paul, talking about a Newcastle goal. Um, <laughs> we pressed by one of the few times we actually did press Matt Ritchie being back in the squad, which I was really happy with. I mean, obviously you're playing further forward usually, but he has been good at that wing-back position in the past under Rafa and stuff. Uh, He presses the ball, he wins the ball back in their own box. Falls to Sean Longstaff, who has been probably been crying for a chance since he was blamed for the Sheffield United defeat. Um, Probably one one of the best passes I've seen this season, mate. It was perfectly weighted. Even Joe Linton, who you've been taking the piss out of this week, Paul. You've been putting out... The goal goal being the size of the Gallagher end. um, Poking a stick at him, come on, do something. And uh, lo and behold, he does something. Joe Linton puts it in the bottom corner. Cracking finish. Yeah, he goes to kiss the camera, but the camera's too far away. He can't actually reach the camera. He misses the camera. I'd rather he missed the camera and, and, and score the goals. But yeah, it was a great finish by Joel and, and um He loves a bit of Spurs, man, doesn't he? He does. We were down at He's played them three times in his career. Is it four? No, he's played them three times in his career. And he's, and he's no, actually not. No, he got dropped for the one against Tottenham last season. So two and three games he's got with an assist as well. So he's not doing too bad. I mean, I mean, fair play to him. Do you know what? I get if, 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 Spurs, if Spurs are worried, they can buy us off him. We will sell him. We'll just yeah, call yeah. it the forty million. We'll have the forty million back, and then we'll 41. work something out. So we'll make a profit on him. Forty-one million. That'll do. If any Tottenham fans listening, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's Daniel Levy, but. Um, no, it was a good finish. But how we'll respond to taking the lead, mate, is probably the worst I've seen this season. Because not only did Newcastle concede one in, in the next five minutes, they concede two, and we're losing the game straight straight from the back, straight away. And the worst thing is Tottenham have done nothing to this point. They've done absolutely nothing. The first goal, my God, uh, so easy to play through the midfield today, Paul. Uh, yet again, when John Joe Shelby's in the midfield, he's absolutely clueless with movement off the no, ball. Right. The ball goes through him. Uh, the Dummett plays them on side. The ball falls to Kane. And Kane makes a heavy touch. And uh, it falls to Emil Kraft. Any defender with the salt boots this into the flipping stand. But Emil Kraft kicks it off Kane 
and Kane has an empty net and he puts it, makes it 1 1. Now, miss. I, was against, I was against Kraft starting to begin with, Paul. I'm against Kraft starting full stop. But this player, Paul, honestly, he's, he's Titus Bramble level, he's Boomsong level, he's Kasapa level, Rosenhall, he's that level, he's that shit. I mean, honestly, Paul, he's flipping diabolical. Absolutely. How, how is he an international footballer? Like, the worst thing for me is he's Sweden's best right back. I'd hate to see the he's flipping sure. worst if that's their best. Because, mate, he's flipping clueless defensively. Can it mark a man? Can it defend? He can't take the ball out. He can't pass. Can it mark? Can it flipping? Can it tackle? What can Emil Kraft bring to the table? Yet he keeps starting. You've got. Kieran Clark sitting on a bench well where Emil Kraft's in his position, a right back who's not even a right back, he's not even a footballer, playing in his position, and he boots the ball and he and he fitting passes the ball back into Kane. You know, someone who scored over 150 goals in the Premier League. Oh yeah, just pass it, pass it, give it back to him. Like, how stupid do you have to be, Paul? It's a comical defending and would just took the lead would earn the lead it's very well it's very rare Newcastle actually go out and earn a lead and within 90 seconds you've got Emil Kraft giving it the yeah, second in the the league and, and there you go 1-1 and then yeah. and then two minutes later you've been again playing through the midfield and the, the score again Paul and it's just like it's flipping typical because they had they didn't have a look in prior. They had a couple of half chances. Don't get us wrong, but to go to go in two one down, I was just thinking. I was just thinking that it's just not gonna ever drop forward. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I was thinking. It I was ready to drop it the TV game. at this point. I was ready to pick it up, point in the garden, and say I've had a literally a stomach full of watch what of watching this. I do not know how Emil Kraft is not even an international footballer. You wouldn't see that at, at, at Sunday league level. You know, at the end of the day, mate, if Harry Kane scores a brace against you, that's well possible. He's a, he's one of the best strikers in the Premier League, European football, world football, you could argue. He is world-class uh, level, right? If he opens you up, if he has a, a, a moment of brilliance, but don't gift wrap it up, up to him. Whatever you do, and, and you've got to think about, again, that it's the micromanagement for, from the that we used to see from a Rafa Benitez at the side of the pitch, who would manage that situation and try and just take some pressure off and get through five minutes and then build and build again. What you do not want to see as a Newcastle fan when we are so deep in shit is gifting them not just one goal, but two goals and sort of just trying to give. It's not as if Spurs need any gifts or favours. They've got a talent, a fantastic talented squad. They've got a fantastic manager. They've got all of the, the building blocks in there. You know, they're a team fighting to get into the Champions League. So the last thing you want to do is is is, is to do that. And then, I must admit, at half-time, I'm sitting there expecting, pull them off, get them off, fucking useless. And I'm you should be starting to begin with, me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, this is what happens when you're playing a right-back at centre-back. He's not a great right-back. That's his strongest position. Yeah, that's his strongest position, and he's shy to play in there. So what's he going to be like playing out of position? So I was really frustrated, maddened, saddened. Uh, like I said, I could have picked the telly up and hide it, hide it out at half time because you know Newcastle a hundred percent better than what we served up at Brighton. Don't get me wrong, but the 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 saying that I've been saying on the view from the van recently is it's all about its points, not positives. 
I'm sitting there thinking I can see positives, but I'm not seeing Newcastle getting the points because it's we're being stupid, we're being naive, we're being pathetic, we're we're gifting stuff when we shouldn't when we shouldn't be gifting stuff. Uh, so yeah, I was I, I was really really just I was fearing the worst. You know, Bruce having them for 15 minutes, you're expecting it to get worse, not better. Yeah, well, that's literally what I was thinking. The first goal was completely avoidable. And the worst thing is, so was the second. The ball gets played through the midfield again. Shelby with a lack of movement. Um, I'm not quite sure where Miggy was playing the day. Was it a winger? Was it a centre midfielder? I think he just had a free role. But it allowed a lot of space behind him in the midfield, leaving Shelby covering two defensive positions. And he can't even cover one half the time. Uh, Paul Dummett played Kane on side. There was talk of whether it was offside, but... Personally, I think Kane was on. Um, Kane picks up the ball on the edge of the box and, put, and puts it across to Bravka. There's a couple of comments on Twitter, Paul, saying he should have saved that. Personally, I think I think it was a very good finish from Kane. It I don't was a really good finish. They put Harry Kane in the same bracket as Shearer, and I don't like that at all. Like these pundits are putting them in the same bracket as Shearer. So I don't rate Kane because of that, because um, they're rating much higher than they should. But um, credit where credit's due, it was a very good finish. He's a, um, he's a great footballer, mate. He's a great footballer, but because he plays for a London club, he gets that added extra that a, a player player for Newcastle will will just not never get. But uh, if I had to pick one at their prime from a dream team, be sure all the time. It's as, it's as simple as that. One hundred percent. Yeah, Shira is not a good achiever, but he's a, he's a great player. and it's because he played for he's because he played for Newcastle and Blackburn Rovers, mate. Not but, yeah. but if he played for Man United, they'd be talking about Shira as the greatest thing since sliced bread. But because he played for little old Newcastle and little happy Blackburn Rovers, he doesn't get a look in. It's yeah. uh, it's, it's a shame the way the media is like in that. But we'll go two one down, and it's like we're still plugging away. We're still trying to make things happen. Um. Mind, I do want to. I do want to talk a bit more about Jolton because he scored the goal, and I think he was bloody brilliant the day. Like, I, like we've for one of the match. <laughs> we're like so back and forth on Jolton, and because one minute we're criticising him heavily, and the next we're praising him, and it's like, oh, he did well, yeah, and he did well there. But honestly, mate, the day he was flipping brilliant. He held the ball up well. Uh, there was a moment in the in the first half where he held the ball up perfectly. It held, it went to Dwight Gale, had an easy pass into Fitton Almiron. He overhits it to the goalkeeper. He could have had that set up. Um, he played a part in the second goal, which we'll talk about in a bit. But the first half, he put himself about. He made himself he, he made himself a nuisance. He obviously scored the goal. I know it's a tap in, but obviously Jordan doesn't score many goals. And he was good. He was really good, mate. I don't know what you think about today, but credit where credit's due, and he played brilliant. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people, you're either people say you've got to either be pro Joe Linton or totally against him. It's not a case of that. It's a case of judging him on a game by game basis. Because at the end of the day, you can say the transfer fee is is not his his fault. Blah blah blah. It is our record signing forty million pound strike and our number nine. So yes, he is going to be judged uh, today. I thought it was fantastic. Previously, I thought it was absolutely shocking and terrible. But today, like you said, you, you, he's, he's doing the basics that should be every single time. He, he did them and, and, and did them well. Would I expect a lot more for a £40 million player? Yes. Yes, I would. 
But there's no doubt today, mate, him or Matt Ritchie, I, I want to speak about... Uh, yeah, we I want to speak about Matt Ritchie to, uh, separately, but um, there's no doubt it, 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 man of the match today would have either been Joe Linton or uh, Matt Ritchie, uh, you know, for me. I thought Joe Linton applied himself really, really well. And he did everything that you can sort of expect. And there was a reaction and you were seeing some signs of life because, you know, we critiqued him, but we fairly critiqued him. You know, we give him uh, probably a season, a season and a bit uh, before we sort of started to say, really together pretty much at the same time, that, you know, it wasn't working out. It, it, it wasn't good enough. I, st I still don't think he's, he's the long he's the long term answer because if he no. can't get this level of consistency with the physicality and everything else like that, long term I don't think he's the answer. But judge him on today's game, mate. Judging him on today's Boring. game, Boring absolutely Brighton, Bar and Brighton, where everybody was shit. Mm. I think Jordan's been probably one of our top three players in the last he, four or five he's games. Getting, he's getting been better and better, but he started but he, from a low like, point. Obviously, Tyrone Mings is someone we're going to mention later on because he's a bit unpopular with how flipping stupid he is with that mistake he made. But we played them the other week, Aston Villa, and he bossed him about as well. I did. If, if Joel Linton had end product, if he could shoot, he could have had three or four goals, mate, in the last five. Like, it's a shame. I, I, like, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, if he could shoot, if he was coached to shoot a little bit more because they're not training much, I think you'd be all right. I think you score a few goals well, here. This, this is the thing with, with our decent manager who did actually coach them. I mean, yeah. I was joking on uh, with some people saying, he'll, 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 when we were 2 1 down, I'll be like, oh, you'll probably give him a week off now. And he'll play the better performance. <laughs> you know? um, yes, these lads, they, they do need coaching, they do need gelling, uh, especially when we, you know, we, we, we are changing uh, formation around. Get them on the training pitch. Get them working on stuff. Get them integrated and get them doing team ball, uh, team ball, uh, bonded or whatever, uh, whatever it is. But uh, it certainly, I don't think, helps Joe Linton's case that we've got Steve Bruce as manager. I, I think he might have been uh, had a better time at Newcastle had we had somebody. Uh, again, I want to mention him again. A Rafa Benitez in the manager's dugout as opposed to a, a you know a, a, a Steve Bruce. Um, but yeah, you've just got to judge it, you know, game by game. Last time out, he was absolutely terrible. Uh, today, I thought he was with Matt Ritchie, man of the match. He was trying, uh, and you could you could definitely see that. Um, he scored the goal, but the goal was uh, decent. He did fluff his lines once or twice else, but you know, he's not the only Newcastle player who, who's been fluffing the lines. We talked about Dwight Gale. Missing those right. two chances, you know, yeah. uh, two chances playing. So let, let's just hope that Joe Linton can can use this as a benchmark and and, and really, really push on. Because, you know, myself and, and you as well, nobody wants to sit here and criticise and say it, it's the only Brazilian who can't play football and is it, uh, you know, a flop sign and this, that, and the other. We want him to succeed. As supporters, we want him to, to succeed. Uh, but, but today, um, I thought he was absolutely... Uh, fantastic! Yes, but I, I still feel that before the game today, I thought I was still well on my rights to be able to have a bit of a, a dig after him. After what we saw last, last, you know, last time out, he's a forty million pound investment at the club, mate, yeah. and we haven't it's had the forty million the uh, investment back. I completely agree. It's hard to overlook the price tag, but taking it on a game by game basis, if it keeps putting games together, then. 
who knows there's something there like for me the talent is there with Joel Linton we've seen it he's just good he's a big strong lad he's fairly quick for a player his size I just think if he got coached a little bit more like I think a, like a, a Pochettino would be perfect for him like a good manager like I'm not saying oh go and get Pochettino in on a flipping like it's not going to happen but I think a manager like that someone who nurtures young players and gets the best out of the young players would be brilliant or even a realistic option would be linked with him the last couple of weeks Roberto Martinez like look what he did for a young Lukaku to, to name an example he even got the best out of um, players like Umar Niasse who's just signed for Brentford I think or someone in the championship uh, he got him scoring goals and he was fairly shit so like you know there's 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 potential there in, in in a good manager getting the best out of him it's just a case of yeah can, can you imagine but when he's grown up as, as, a, as a young kid into a young man over in brazil you can't imagine that you'd have come across many people like steve bruce teaching them football so it, it's probably speaking in a different language to what he's used to you know they say that football is a universal language but they might have different accents on that you will not have come across as steve bruce in the um you know in in the streets of brazil i'm, I'm pretty confident of that <laughs> it's probably a bit of a, a culture clash uh, that he's come to newcastle and we play such a um how to put this uh, unique <laughs> blend of football it's not a champagne football it's not quick touch it's not moving around it's probably not what he's used to but I, I, I just hope I hope the lad like you said I hope he goes on a bit a little bit of a run now uses this as a benchmark and really really builds on it and you know score a few goals help us to stay up uh, and then hopefully in the summer because I don't think it's going to be beforehand we make a change to the manager and we get somebody in like you said like M. Martinez somebody else like that who's got a little bit more technique about him who, who approaches football differently and you, you just don't know it. it it could take off for joe linton but i think it's 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 just too early to say but fantastic today so credit where credit is due. Yeah. when he plays well you you just hold your hands yeah. up he, he was not to credit to the shirt the day and i like yeah you know what it's like it's it's like a miracle people like i'm saying that but at the end of the day like Credit where credit's due, as I said before, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go against the player because I personally dislike them or or whatever it may be. Like if they play well, they play well. If they play yeah. shit, they play shit. Like Emma Croft, the worst player I've ever seen, and yeah. he'll continue to be until he proves us wrong. But you know, it's mate, mate, back, back in the day, back in the day, I had a Stefan Giva shirt, man. Right, so that that's supporting <laughs> players who are bang on the form. Right, so if I can have a Stefan Giva shirt. And offer him support, and I can certainly. I'm not getting a craft one, mate, Paul. I've got plenty of shirts, but I'm not getting one mail craft on the back. <laughs> you want to leave your house? <laughs> you'd have to, to pay for that bastard. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously we're coming come out the second half, and we'll play again. We're causing problems. Um, Joe Linton got a got a chance in the box. It, the ball go the ball falls to him over across the ball goes in from Murphy uh, he puts it wide I think that was a, a really good chance for Joel and he took it down really well he put it wide but obviously you get that with Joel and he had one straight the keeper in early in the first half he scored his goal he needs three or four chances Joel in a game to, to be effective in front of goal even sometimes he isn't effective but yeah I mean we're not going on the door mate um <laughs> I don't know about you but when Gareth Bale came on he came on to take that free kick. I was flashbacks, flashbacks of Euro 2016 uh, with, with me head. Um, 
of him scoring that amazing free kick past England. I don't know if you remember, but he's a, he's an unbelievable dead ball specialist, put it that way. Unfortunately, he hits the flipping wall. Kane's good at free kicks as well. They had a couple of decent free kicks, but um, what I mean, look look at look at who they are bringing on as substitutes, man. If you're bringing Bale on, uh, and you, the greatest of respect, we've got like an Elliot Anderson on the bench. Different stages of the careers, uh, you know, and everything else like that. But um, you do worry because it's typical Newcastle just to hit the self-destruct button when, like like we've said before, positives from the first half. But as soon as he comes on, you, you're sitting there thinking, this is going to nestle in the back of the net. But thankfully, yeah, thankfully it smacked the ball and yeah, it away, from, away from danger. I mean, we're, we're knocking on the door, mate, and we'll make a couple of changes. I thought... For once, Bruce Watchy made a good change. He brought Willock on for Kraft. Kraft shouldn't be playing in any way. But he yeah, but well, to be fair, he could have bought, bought my ground. Because uh, Hammer bit more productive than Kraft. But like, the amount of times where he brings on an extra forward and we have like five defenders and five, and, and five attackers and they just boot the ball up to them, it's it's Jump bizarre. He was, they were determined to keep the five at the back system, which put John Joe Shelby at centre-back. Now, it might be a strange one, but I think when the way he gets the ball, he picks it up. He, he always goes back for the ball in any way as a deep line playmaker. So, it like it's centre back, he's already there. So, kind of it kind of helped with a little bit. Don't get us wrong, defensively, big no no centre back for John Joe. But when you're on the ball and stuff, it helped. It helped. We got the ball forward. It See, helped the the goal. But for me, I, John Joe yeah. playing a ball, but. <laughs> To, to me, this is where we miss Fabian Cher because if he's in that defence, if he's fit, he is capable of doing everything that John Joe can do and he's a youthful addition on, on the pitch and he can score a goal. For me, if you haven't John Joe in that team, like Sean Longstaff, I want to see him on the edge of the box taking shots, um, trying to slip in little you know balls. This time. I don't like to see him as this deep line, deep line because the thing is, he gets the ball and yeah, he'll hoof it so so far up pitch, but he's so out of condition, he's so unfit. It does look as if he's smoking forty fags at the at the best of times. He, he can't do anything then for five minutes, and he is a liability in in that in that middle and consistent consistently so this season. I know he was our top scorer last season, wasn't he? I think he was. Yeah, he um, was. I must say, um, but <laughs> but. Uh, I really struggle with finding any sort of place for, for John Joe at the moment, but uh, I think he's a luxury player that we really can't afford. But yeah, I, I must applaud um, Bruce for bringing Willick on. I thought he, it, it was the right call. Kraft was doing absolutely fuck all, let's be honest. Mine he's absolutely useless. He's a liability. So, so yeah, be brave, change it up. You know, Bobby was the best for it. If something wasn't working, he'd make a triple substitution and he wouldn't give a shit. Because he'd be like, it's not working now, so let's try something different. We knew we had to get something from today's game. Given the fixtures that we have got coming up after these next two games, are yeah. absolutely colossal. So, um, yeah, credit where credit's due. Make the, the changes. Go for it a little bit more. Try something, try something different. We've talked about the fact that other teams will change formations 10 times during a game and will change personnel and we'll change positions and people will swap over. And Bruce had a little bit of a nibble 
at, at that. Again, it's probably more likely to be coming from Graham Jones or somebody like that because I, I can't probably. I can't see it from Steve Bruce because a leopard doesn't change his spots. I'm sorry, but he it just simply uh, does not. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was a change that that was that was needed. But for me, mate, still. I would have John Joe Shelby nowhere near the first team. Not no, when you've got a Matthew Long on the bench. I think Sean proved today that he should be mm. playing over John Joe Shelby. I don't think Sean had a like nine out of ten performance, but he it was like a solid six. The assist for Jolan was great. You can tell he, he cares, mate. He, 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 he ran his socks off, and I think alongside Joe Willock or even Matty, I think that's a that's a good partnership in the midfield, but Bruce almost has this fetish for John Joe, where John Joe's got to play, John Joe's got to touch the ball, John Joe's got to pass the ball, John Joe's got to do everything with the ball. There was rumours about about making him captain during the week, just to prove a point, and prove there wasn't any disharmony in this, that, and the other. Uh, To to me, you play players on form, um, and and Sean coming in today, his first game since, what, January, was it? Uh, So he's had to wait a couple of months to be really, really patient. He's probably chomping at the bit, but um, he looked like a player that was hungry and determined and cared. Performance for a while. Mm. Uh, so, performance this season for sure, I think. Yeah. He had a couple of wayward passes, but so did John Joe. Um, and I think out of the two of them, I'd prefer Sean over John Joe every day because at least, at least Sean offers you something going forward and backward. And I think he'd be a better foil for a Willock or even Matty. But Matty won't get a look in because Matty's Mr. Unpopular, isn't he? Best bless him. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the goal. And I know you want to praise Matt Ritchie, mate, so I'm going to give you the chance. Um, the ball goes in from Matt Ritchie. Um, Joe Linton heads it back in. Miggy tries to head it in on the goal. It blocked on the line by an arm, I think, but it falls into the path of the substitute, Joe Willock, who hits it into the roof of the net. Beautiful goal. Um, An Arsenal player as well. God, I guess. I love that. I celebrate. It's the first. I I celebrated that goal. It's the first time in a long time I've proper celebrated a goal. But I felt we deserved it. I felt vindicated in that. I thought we could go on and get another one. But it wasn't to be. But it was just. It was. It was a fantastically worked goal. Um, But I'll let you take the floor on Matt Ritchie because Mm. um, I'm in full agreement, mate. He's he's flipping. He's not the best player, and I might say, but you get everything. He leaves it all out on the field, and that and the way we are in the league, fighting for every ball, fighting for every point. You need players like Matt Ritchie. Of course, too. I mean, he has again. He's had to wait patiently. He saw a move uh, down south break down in January, so. You've got to think that his head would have been all over the place. But I always, um, I mean, I, I listen to, to quite a few different podcasts and uh, Alex Hurst from uh, The True Bay, he was talking about the time he, he was even uh, watching, he was watching the lads at training, he was invited in, watching the lads doing the training. And he said, even during training, he is exactly the same as he is on the pitch. He's 100% committed, determined. He won't take any shit. And it's not just Matt Ritchie being on, on the pitch. Um, that I think is a, a tremendous asset and he's, he's got a good cross in him uh, and this, that and the other. But I, I think he also demands certain levels from the rest of the players. And if they aren't doing that, he's, you will hear him. We hear him at St James's Park. Well, he shouted uh, at Maxi, you know, didn't he? Yeah, Maxi didn't back. He shouted at Maxi. Mm. Like, doesn't, you've got doesn't to. on quality players, mate. If you're not pulling your, if you're not putting a shift in, you, you're getting shouted mm. out. And but you need players you need on that. your team. Even the referees, even the referees, obviously the, the old famous weak dick thing, 
about uh, the lino and stuff like that. But sometimes the you need that little bit of pressure on, on, on the referees to tell them they've done a bad decision or whatever. But I just think with his leadership and how vocal he is on the pitch, he will get an extra 5 to 10% on all of those players around him because he will not uh, stand for anything else less. And this is what I've been saying about uh, Jamal Lascelles recently. I, I rate Jamal. I think he is he's a good captain. But to me recently, he hasn't been vocal enough. I want to see a little bit more uh, leadership from him. And I thought Matt Ritchie coming in today did that. I thought he, he could have easily been man of the match. It's either him or it's uh, Big Joe, as uh, say Bruce would, uh, would would call him. But yeah, Joe Linton or uh, Matt Ritchie today for, for man of the match. He was determined. He was all over the place. Uh, he did everything, every drop of blood, sweat and, and, and effort, everything went into fighting for Newcastle. And we need more of that if we're to get ourselves out of the shit that we are in. So, to me, uh, especially if we're going to keep playing this five, um, well, this wing-back system, shall we call it, um, I, I think he's, he's, he's got to be in. And, and we have criticised recently uh, how we've been so poor down the full-back sides. We criticised Yedlin previously, Mankio, Emil Kraft, right, right, you know, rightly so. Uh, Jamal Lewis as well is coming for criticism on, on the left-hand side. Uh, but yeah, you always know. And, and, it, and they also as well, he can score you the odd goal. You've got the, the extra things from set pieces, from corners. So uh, there's a lot of sense that, that tells you to play him. However, there has been a clash with the manager. But if you are the manager, then surely that shows that that player cares about the team and cares about the cause and cares yeah. about the shirt. So surely, again, you'd want him in, you know, well, in, in the team. I just hope he isn't dropped like, you know... Uh, some of the other players that, that, well, that have been. And he's dropped, I'm glad he's, he's, he's worked his way back in, in, into the team selection and in, into Bruce's uh, into Bruce's thoughts at least going forward because we're going to we're going to need a lot of Matt Ritchie if we're to stay up, mate. With the fixtures we've got left and the points that we, we need still Matt need, Ritchie and big, Matt Ritchie. the big big games where you need where you need the the most heart and most determination. You need Matt Ritchie. Like I'll. Yeah. I'll proper kick off, mate. If if he drops Matt Ritchie and Jeff Hendrick ends up ends up back in the team, because look at how much better we were in the midfield without Jeff Hendrick. Like yeah. I know, like honestly, mate. In like worst eleven in my life over the over the course of my life, we'll probably do a podcast on that over the summer. Worst eleven, but oh, it, this season there's probably two or, there's two or Hendrick. There's two or three. That could easily make that team. Jeff mm. Hendrick is by far the worst midfielder I've ever seen. One of the worst midfielders I've ever seen, along with I Kraft think, I think he'll play next week. There you go. Remember. I think he'll play next week against against Burnley. Yeah, because I think Bruce will think that he's got inside knowledge and can offer something different. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a Sean Longstaff dropped or somebody else, somebody else like that. But I don't want it. If the answer is Jeff Hendrick, then you need to rip rip up the question because it's uh, he is. Such a lazy bastard, uh, and, and you know he's done unprofessional things like getting sent off left, right, and centre, walk straight back in. Uh, but he seems to be one of Bruce's um, favourites. Golden, yeah, golden picks, doesn't he? But um, yeah, I am worried that against Burnley that he, he will bring him in for that uh, insider knowledge and stuff like that. Surely not, mate. Like, no, he shouldn't be. No, nowhere near because you look at you look at uh, Sean, how well Sean played in comparison to John Joe, how he usually plays. Willock was a fantastic impact today. 
um, he should probably get the nod. Uh, you've got returning players like um, Fraser and that coming back. And will he get a game or will he be up, be on the bench? What do you go with? That was a strange yeah. one today with Fraser. Um, I was very confused about that because he's gone away from international football, played for Scotland a few times, scored a few goals, comes back to Newcastle. Bearing in mind, he's, he's banged on about, I've never been able to play Fraser and Miggy and, and, and um, ASM all together. And then you put some on the bench and you're sitting there thinking, we're struggling for goals and you put them on the bench. Uh, it, it, it's a, it is a strange one. But you've, you've got to say, I mean, we, I, I thought we did... Um, I, I thought we did well. Um, I, I, I still... I'm positive, but I'm slightly good because I think we had Callum Wilson today, mate. We nick it. And without a stupid, stupid decision by Emil Kraft, again, we nick it. Um, it's these small margins, but I just don't want it to come and bite us in the ass at the end of the season. When we go, come to play full on at Craven Cottage, I don't want anything on that game. I want us to be safe, at least on that Sheffield yeah. United game the, the, the week before. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, as you said before, we need, for that, you need players like Matt Ritchie, you need players like Sean Longstaff, you need players like... Um, you don't need uh, Jeff Hendrick. <laughs> you need players with bottle, not liabilities like Jeff Hendrick, not liabilities like Emil Croft, not liabilities like <sighs> Dwight Gale as of late. You know, it's it's it, it's it's crazy, man, Paul, this whirlwind of a season. Like, we sit on two wins in 21, and... Obviously, we'll get the equaliser of the Joe Willock goal, which I thought was a well-worked goal. Best move of the game by far for me. Uh, Great Richie, header by Richie, Joe Linton again. Yeah, and lovely. Extended his head up. muscles and he got did round. You see, um, did you see Richie's celebration afterwards? Uh, I mean, he's like uh, he's heading every ball and not on the edge of the box and that. And uh, we eventually score and he runs, down, he runs down to the halfway line. Like you need players like that. You need players for a bit of an um, for a bit of bottle, a bit of fight. You know what I mean? That's what Newcastle fans love the most a, 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 a team that tries a team that gives everything and one thing for oh, sure no, that's, that's, day, wrong. that's wrong you know Newcastle fans we're still demanding Champions League football this season so you need, oh, you yeah, need I, to get that right, I, I, right. I, I, want, I want the treble this season otherwise the manager needs to go no yeah <laughs> like a team that tries, mate, a team that gives everything. And we even said that before the game, just a bit of effort, a good performance. If we get beat, go down swinging. Do you know what I mean? And, like, those players definitely showed that they cared today. Uh, they definitely responded from Brighton. So it gives you a little bit of hope, doesn't it? Like, you come off the Brighton game, and and that is probably the worst 90 minutes of football that I've ever, ever, ever watched. And I've yeah. watched a fair few 90 minutes. Um but today we're coming off. Uh, just at the end of the day, it's, it's a draw at home. But um, it, it gives you a little bit hope that maybe we can do something and we can escape and maybe we, we can beat Burnley and we can do something against West Ham um, and, and get those. It's, it's it's what I would say. Three wins might be enough. Nine points might be enough for us to stay up. We're not talking huge. Again, we're not demanding Champions League or a cup or this that and the other. Three wins. A couple of goals, having a go, showing a bit of blood, sweat, and determination like Matt Ritchie. Want people yeah. who care. We don't want people in the team like Emil Kraft who, who just doesn't doesn't give a shit. You know, Joe Linton, he's come in and he and he's put himself about and he looks as if he's caring about the cause. We're, yeah. we're happy There's with that. We are happy with that. When when he's motivated and ready to go, Joe Linton is 
is fairly is fairly okay. Obviously, needs to deliver more in terms of the um, end product in that. But there's a there's a player there when he implements himself for sure. Um, when we have a, when we have a decent manager, there'll be a player there most likely. Yeah, when, when we get a decent manager, whenever that may be. But um, and a decent owner. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but actually, mate, uh, there's one thing I wanted to mention. Did you see the article Luke Edwards put out? Uh, comparing holes he compared Jose Mourinho and uh, Steve Bruce. He says it was Eldai. It was uh, the, I think it was. Do you do you know what they called the Sam Allardyce versus Bruce game? It was like El El Dinosaur, oh, El Jurassic or something like uh, that. El, that's what he called Mourinho versus Bruce. Like how how can like I know he's friends with Steve Bruce and that, but how can you compare Steve Bruce and Jose Mourinho? Like you can't. Yeah, you can't. It's, it's like it's like compared yeah. Barney the dinosaur to T Rex. It, 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 it can't be done, man. Yeah, they're both dinosaurs, but one would rip your head off, and one would annoy the shit out of you. So, nah, give up. It, it's just clickbait shit. It, it, at this stage of the game, he's just after the laughs. He wants us to go down to it and have a good laugh at us as we're sitting here playing Rotherham away on the opening day of next season. That's what he wants. He's trying to cause unrest. He's trying to take. He's trying to take the piss. He's trying to help his mate out, Steve Bruce. Yeah. And this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, in ninety nine point nine percent of Newcastle sports, can see through his shit a mile off. He's just an absolute cockwomble. Uh, who are you? Not it. I think he's lost a hell of a lot of credibility. Um, yeah. He was once seen, even a couple of years ago, he was seen as like one of the top Newcastle journalists. But I think since Bruce has came in, in particular, I really think he's lost a lot of credibility. He lost a lot of credibility over the Henry Morris stuff. Um, and then and then constantly Gordon fans about Bruce and stuff like that. Um, obviously, I've I've met him in the past actually because they didn't like they did an interview with NFTV outside the ground ground and we met and I met him and he seems a sound lad. Do you know what I mean? But like, I just the the reporting over the past couple of years, mate, it's been nothing short of absolutely atrocious. Like, it's like I'm not calling him as a bloke. I'm. I, but the report has been it's been subpar, and for someone with a reputation like Luke Edwards has, you'd think you'd expect a lot better. I feel like the loyalty to his friend has kind of clouded his judgment with Newcastle United, and it's like to compare Jose Mourinho to Steve Bruce is unbelievable and even then he's he, been a couple, doesn't he? It's he one of them jobs. Backed it up with a further comparison to Bobby Robson. Do you know what I mean? Bobby Robson, like Jose Mourinho, same age as Bobby Robson, such and such, and like you can't, you can't drag Bobby Robson into it. Like you can't come. They're not even on the same. They're not even on the same planet to compare. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of managerial class, you've got Steve Bruce a million, million, million miles away, like from any class at all. He's not. He, I don't even think he'd make a good Sunday League manager, Steve Bruce. And you've got Jose Mourinho, who's won three Champions Leagues, several Premier League titles. And then you've got Bobby Robson, who's won all over Europe, managed Barcelona, managed fantastic clubs, won the UEFA Cup. It's like, can, can, you, can you imagine Steve Bruce uh, managing Barcelona? No. I don't think he'd last, last 10 minutes. I think Messi would look at them and go, what is a Steve Bruce? What is this? <laughs> I think his brain would melt at the thought of roll with sleeves up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that... <laughs> that's, like, what, that, that's what I was saying though, about Joe Linton. You know, when you're in the streets of Brazil, nobody will have said to him, "Roll your sleeves up." 
But like, <laughs> Rowan, what's all this? What, 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 what are you on about? What's sleeve? What, what is a sleeve? You know what I mean? Well, There's a lot of translation. You cannot compare Bobby Robson with oh, Jose. It, it does not go, or a Jose Mourinho or anything else like that. You cannot put them in the same sentence. You are the biggest galah in the world if you think that they, them two, come in, in in the same sort of things. It's like like I say, if you want to come, you know, continue on with the dinosaur thing. It, it's like comparing an ant to a T Rex. Yeah, they're both creatures. They might have existed at the same time. Uh, they might, have been, they might have been crossover. But, but come on, no. The thing is, you've got zero credibility as it is. And then you come out with a stupid statement like that about yeah, the Jordan yeah, Mourinho who's won the lot. It's the same people who sit there and attack Rafa Benitez and they say, well, Bruce has got the same record that Rafa's got. It'd be like, go away, give your head a wobble and come back and talk some common sense and we can have a debate about it and have a conversation about it. Stop chatting shit. And all it is, mate, it's a clickbait and he thinks if you say something controversial, controversial, it will get clicks on it and this, that, and the event. Most Newcastle fans now wouldn't give him the steam off the piss for him. He's an absolute piece of shit. I mean, yeah. we know some pieces of shit, but yeah, he's a particular brand of piece of shit. Well, well, there's there's been there's been a couple of things over the last couple of weeks on Twitter, I mean, If you know, you know. <laughs> but, oh yes. Um, <laughs> uh, the less we'll probably say about that one, the better. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Tuzi Chola took the took the draw before. It, like, if you'd offered said said it was before the game two two. I would have, I would have took the, took the no bother, Paul. And I think I you would have. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like we, said, like we said at the top of the podcast, but um, obviously we went three points clear of um, of Fulham with them needing to play Aston Villa, and for sixty minutes it was a procession. It was absolutely boring. I was thinking, thanks, Steve Bruce, thanks for this. So thanks for making this important. And um, of all people, Paul, to put the one nil up. Of all people, Fabian Mitrovic, he goes round the goalkeeper, he gives it the the um Michu Bang celebration with the air and that. What another goal from Mitrovic? He scored a couple in the international break. Fulham go one nil up, Newcastle in the bottom three for a good 10 15 minutes. It was a long 10 15 minutes, but um, Villa didn't even have a shot on target before they scored the first goal. And out of nowhere, mate, they just pop in free like it's an out. Um, they bring on Trezeguet. We're not used to that, are we? Um, if we no, were scoring, we it would be like a goal rush. Yeah, and like they bring on Trezeguet, scores two, Watkins scores the other, and a massive get out of jail free card for Newcastle as Fulham lose again. Um, I never thought I'd be happy to see Aston Villa win a game because I can't stand the bastards, but. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a good result for us as well. And then Brighton lost to Manu as well. So both results have went our way today. And obviously Burnley, I think Burnley got beat as well this weekend. I, I'm not they were winning t- yeah, they were winning 2-0. And I'm sitting there thinking, that, and, 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 I, and I was oh, saying... Oh, they beat the PI. Yeah, that's right. I, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's, you know, I, I sort of thought if they, if, if they had won today... They would have virtually have been safe. And I'm sitting there thinking they might virtually throw the game next week to us, not giving a shit. But I think that particular game there um, drags them maybe slightly back in it. If, if we win next no, weekend, it, it, it puts them proper, proper, proper back in the shit. 
and um, that's what we've I'm got to do. We've got to drag I'm other people back in because despite what Steve Bruce well, is saying about seven or eight teams, mate, it's not. It's us it's not, or Fulham. Yeah. Drag, drag, drag Burnley back into it. Put another name into the pot. Um, and, and try and take some pressure off us. But like I've just touched on there, we have got to start winning games at some point. Two wins now in what, 21, 22 games, something like that? 21, it's yeah. Perfectly. It's, um, it's perfect. It's, and, and, and the thing is, you, 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 you know, the friends of Steve Bruce in the press, you can dress it up any which way you want. Chris Sutton, Robbie Savage, uh, Paul Merson, dress that up any which way you want. Two wins in 21 games or whatever exactly it is and a win percentage of, of you know, single figures is shite. And I don't care what Steve Bruce comes out and says, oh, if we get a point per game for the rest of the season, we'll be okay. The, yeah. There's no wonder There's no wonder some of these players aren't pulling up trees. If that's the level of inspiration, well, if we get a point per game, we'll stay up. You, you want to whip these players up into a state of frenzy. So they go out there, put a performance on, create a few chances, score a few goals, win a few games of football, get the points in the bag and push Newcastle away from the relegation zone because the last thing that we want to be doing is toying around in, 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 the, in the championship. And you think that some of the football that we've been playing this season has been bad. But if we go down to the championship and we're playing the mill walls of the world, um, goodness knows who will get promoted from, from League One. We might even have to play the riffraff from down the year 19. No, you've got Middlesbrough, you've got your Stokes of the world, Birmingham's of the world, Sheffield Wednesdays of, of the world. You know, you, you don't want to be seeing that, you know. So it, it's it's so crucial that that, that we stay up. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really want to mention the takeover stuff, but again, it's got implications there. You saw today that um, Amanda Stavely's husband has been commenting, like saying, thank goodness for Villa and this, that and the other. We're all celebrating the fact that, that, that Villa got the win and helped us out. Um, it, it, it is absolutely huge. I don't, I don't expect the, the, the takeover stuff to, to pop its head up again this year. It might, it might be next year, um, with how long that everything takes. But it's so critical that we try and we try and stay up because we're going to be up shit creek. We're going to be up shit creek without a bastard paddle. If, if, if we go down in, there's no uh, there's no Rafa Benitez this time to get us out of the championship. Uh, no. If you think that Miguel Miran's hanging around an ASM, hanging around, they're not hanging around in the championship at Dubravka. Uh, it will be a vastly different Newcastle United um, team. And Mike Ashley's going to find it even harder to sell the football club. You know, no, our no, best chance no, of being no. sold, mate, of being in the Premier League and catching the eye of somebody and either the Saudi thing goes through or somebody else comes in and, 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 and takes it over. But, yeah, it, it's it's important we get some results in these next couple of games. But I was I was more than pleased. I feel very happy today that we've been able to at least get a point, at least score a couple of goals. And that performance gives me some encouragement that we can stay up. If we play like that more often than not, then, yes, we, we can stay up. And, yes, we can get the, the two or three wins that we need to be able to stay up. Uh, in this league, but it takes us into a massive, massive game now against Burnley at, uh, at, it is, at it's Like, I'm looking at the table now, and Burnley on 33 points, we're on 29. So, you look at if we beat Burnley, not only do we get a win, but we drag Burnley into it as well. Mm. 
And we, we, we could start that game in the relegation zone because I think Fulham we'll play call, on Friday call, night. Fulham play Friday night against Wolves, and they're on thirty-four points, I think. Mm. No, sorry, thirty-five points. So Wolves need to win this game as well to see themselves yeah. all but safe. Um, so it's a it's a big game for both teams. But if Fulham get the win, obviously Wolves are going to be a little bit looking over over the shoulder. But it's going to put us into the bottom three as well before we kick the ball, which makes this Burnley game absolutely huge for us um probably the biggest game of the season biggest biggest podcast for us of the season coming up um just huge mate and hope i, I pray we've got callum wilson back because i think if they play roughly the, same team, roughly the same team uh put willick in for john joe and put um wilson in for gail i think that's i think that's your team uh, for next yeah. week because because there's no doubt about it. If Wilson had played today, mate, we, we would have got an extra goal or two because although we, we've spoke about Spurs in glowing colours and glowing terms, uh, I thought they had a particular bad day at the office today. This is a team that when they, were, when they were beating us, they were fourth in the table at, at, that, at that time. And, and it's frustrating that Newcastle, we can show up now and again, again when we get the right frame of mind and give these top teams... Uh, a good game so it, it makes it even more frustrating when we didn't turn up against Brighton last time that's the game that really frustrates me because why didn't we turn up if we'd have turned up like today last time out against Brighton we'd have beaten Brighton today if it wasn't for a stupid mistake by Emil Kraft if it wasn't for the fact that Gale fluffed his uh, lines a couple of times we would have won we created a decent amount of chances um, we had a, a decent amount, you know. We had some shots on target, some shots yeah. at goal, which is something that we've struggled with previously. But we've just got to take, we've got to encompass what we did well today. And I don't want to talk about positives because it's all about points. Take that all and get the points next week, because, like you said, yeah. it will pull Burnley back in, in into the uh, into the shit. And if Fulham lose and we win. Then again, that op- that opens the point. I think yeah, it'll be like five six, six, it'll be five, five or six points in a game time. in hand. Yeah. Then so it, suddenly you it, feel a little been, bit better. It's a huge weekend. I mean, I'm not saying for a second Fulham are just going to get beat off Wolves. They could they could easily beat Wolves, but it's a massive opportunity for Newcastle. The next two games, Burnley, West Ham at home. We need at least four points, mate. We need a win out of one of those games, at least, maybe even both, because after that, you've got Man City away, Liverpool away, Leicester away. Like we're not going to pick points up out of those games. Do you know, I'm gonna? I'll get we're running up now as I'm. Talking, isn't it? But I know who we're playing those games, and it's not good, mate. It really isn't good. Like um, obviously Burnley, West Ham next two. Um, after that we've got um Liverpool away, Arsenal at home. I thought we'd already played Arsenal twice, actually. Uh, we'll have actually in the cup. Never mind. Yeah. Leicester away, Man City at home, Sheffield United at home, and then obviously when the season with Fulham, uh, Craven Cottage, like we did a couple of years ago. But like those next two games are huge, mate. Three out with next four are absolutely huge because I think if Arsenal play like they did a couple of days ago within a chance, um, obviously we played well against Liverpool the last time we played them. Uh, West Ham will be early on the season. We'll be Burnley early on the season as well. So the next four games, I think for me, are pretty big for Newcastle. Obviously, they, they Leicester, are, but... and City, Leicester and Man City are write-offs for me. I think they mm. have a tendency to beat with badly, uh, mostly. So, but, but, look, look, what, look what Sam Allardyce has done. 
you know, Ch Ch West Brom, he's taken a West Brom side that couldn't score. They couldn't really defend. He's, he's took them to Stamford Bridge and won 5-2. You know, you look at Brighton this season going to Anfield. You, you look at some uh, shot results, Fulham as well. We've, we've got to do it somewhere. Where, where is our surprise, surprise result this season? You know, we are going to need at least a couple more big performances. I, I think if we, if, we, if we can beat Burnley, if we can beat West Ham, if we can beat Sheffield United, that's enough. Um, coupled with, you know, Fulham not getting get, not getting the victories and knocking the stuffing out, you know, stuffing out them. But I will just say to close, I know we've had a positive um, podcast, but to sort of close this section up, uh, I, I still think with the personnel that we've got, regardless if we stay up, I don't want to see any offers of three-year contracts for Steve Bruce. This has still been, regardless, a terrible, a terrible season. So any that really talk bad. about three-year contract extensions for Steve Bruce or anything like that is absolutely, um, a a, surely, a load of shit. Nobody uh, should reward abject failure. And this season, regardless, whether we survive or not, it's still been uh, an absolutely um, abysmal Awful season, played some awful, terrible football. Yeah, and most other seasons, most other seasons, we would have been down. There's no doubt about it. I've seen, I've seen some shit support Newcastle, mate. And honestly, some of the shit I've seen this season is up there with the worst I've seen. In fact, it is that some of the games this season is the worst I've seen. Uh, yeah. Brighton. <laughs> how many? How, how many bad games we played this season? Sheffield United, Brentford, uh, the Chelsea defeat at home. <laughs> lying down for teams like Southampton as they went top of the league. There's loads of games where we've just lied down and died for the opposition, mate. It's absolutely horrendous, and I don't think Steve Bruce should be in a job. But if we're still up, hopefully repercussions for the takeover, hopefully a happy summer. Obviously, a lot of if, buts, and maybes in that. But it is imperative Newcastle stay up, and I think Newcastle need... Seven points in the next four games to give her a good chance. Um, because you look at Fulham, they'll pick up at least three points, Paul. They will. Um, but if we pick up seven and we'll have the two point advantage, you know, that leaves win a good steed. But yeah, to to round off the podcast, do you think this this formation, the one that we played today, do you think we should actually stick with this formation or do you think we should twist back to the back to the formation that we're using when Wilson, Maxi, and Miggy were fit. Because like, it worked well with M3, but it, it obviously it, it tailed did. off. It, it did, but the, the top bottom of it is, mate, Callum Wilson isn't going to be back for next week to start. I'm adamant he'll be on the bench and he might get 10 minutes at the end of the game. So I think we've got to find a solution that works with the personnel that's available. Um, now, you know, if, if, if that's Dwight Gale again leading the line, then let's continue with this. Let's make a few tweaks. Well, you know, I think it works. People, people, not put, people not putting shifts in. Take them out. Bring a Joe Willick back in. Drop a John Joe Shelby. Uh, take Emil Kraft out. What's wrong with, with putting Fernandez in? Uh, you know, or, or somebody like that. Fernandez has, for me, hasn't really put a foot wrong for Newcastle. So to to find the, the situation where he's not even on the on the bloody bench, uh, and you've got a right back and, and, a, and a left back playing in his position, is absolutely um it, it is absolutely crazy to be honest it it, it defies any sort of um, logic but until them players are back and back fit 
uh, you know, your Callum Wilsons, your ASMs, and your Miggies, then we, we can't play that other formation. So we've got to put it to one side and park well, it. I like to I like the formation the day, um, because the the wing backs were a bit further forward. Richie obviously works hard, so does Jacob Murphy. So it works, obviously it's fluid. Uh, I thought Jacob Murphy was excellent. I thought Richie he was well. who were better players today were them wing backs. Um for me, I think you have to have Feddy or Clark in the back three. You can play Dummett. I think Dummett's a okay alternative. I think he was a fall for one of the goals today, mind for not marking Kane yeah. properly. But I think he is a solid option. He'll play he'll play with his heart. He has a good tackle in him, good defensively usually. So I think I think if you play Clark or, or Ferry in that other centre back position instead of instead of Kraft, I think you're okay. So I think for now we'll stick with that. If Wilson's fit next week, play play Wilson. Or if not, play Maxi alongside uh, Joe Linton next week um, if Wilson's not fully fit, because I don't think Gale should be anywhere near the team. I would drop Shelby, as I said before, bring Willock in. So you play Willock and Sean, either or either Willock and Sean or Willock and Matty. Obviously, Sean gives you a little bit more experience, so probably Sean. Um, and that's what I'd go with for next week. But I would stick with the same team. I would mostly the same team. I wouldn't I wouldn't go back to a complete different formation. I would stick with what I would stick with that me for Burnley because I don't know if you remember, but when we played Burnley last time, we, I think we played I think we played four four two and we were very direct. I think we need that direct approach again. Um, with the width going forward, which Murphy and Richie can provide on the crossing, and and get amongst them because we're not gonna we're not gonna beat Burnley by sitting off them uh, like we have done. In we've got to take it to them. We've, we've got to we've got, them. We've we've got, got to be confident in the quality that the lads have got. Be confident. Um, you know, start the game off nice and compact, then allow our our quality to 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 get on the ball, dictate it a little bit. Get a few goals uh, and let's get that crucial victory because there's no doubt about it. If we keep limping our way through to the end of the season, as we're doing at the moment, despite Steve Bruce and his accumulation of points, shite that he comes out with, we will go down. We're going to need, like you said, at least a win, I think, against Burnley. Um, I'm pushing more towards, I think, I think we need it. I think we need a victory against West Ham. Um, but the, the bare minimum there is a draw. Yeah, we need, we need. I think we need four points next two games to really amp the pressure up on Fulham and put we in a position where we can't actually stay up in this in this division. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, unless there's anything you want to add, mate. I mean, it, it's probably been. It, I've probably enjoyed this podcast more than I've enjoyed any of the last five because yeah, I haven't the, picked the, up any. The thing football to talk about, you know, at the end of the day, the previous games like at Brighton, there was no football at all. Um, so yeah, it is nice when you know again. You know, you listen to Paul Merson and this, that, and the other, then, you know, we demand in Champions Leagues and this, that, and the other. We're not a little bit of football to be able to talk about, a few positives, a little bit of hope going into next week. Uh, it's it's all, all that we want. And we're just wanting some belief that we can stay up and we can avoid relegation to, you know, to, to the championships, yeah. just to the championship, even. But no, just before we do finish. Just a shout out uh, about obviously the situation with Claude, uh, formerly of AFTV. Oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, it's that's all came to came to head. We've put stuff out on, on the social media for Magpie twenty four seven, but j- just just a little bit of a shout out now. And looking back at some of the videos and stuff that he's that, that he's done, there were one and signs out there beforehand. 
the man spoke very, very positively and very, very kindly, uh, you know, many times about Newcastle and the fact that, you know, we deserve better ownership and better than, than, than what we're getting. So, obviously, our thoughts go out to the to the family and, the, to, you know, to the friends of Claude and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, with, with all, all this stuff on social media, and there's been a lot of issues on the uh, hashtag NUFC, um, you know, Twitter, Twitterverse and stuff recently. Just look out for one, one another. Um, yeah, times are hard enough as they are. People just just trying to, to to get along and stuff like that. But I think it's important that everybody looks out for you know for for, for one another. Uh, it was just it was devastating, heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, it was. Not, I, I, I remember telling not you, Paul. on picking some of the things, and, and it's 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 a complete mess, and it, it was absolutely gutting to hear about. Uh, you know uh, about them and how much football um, interim he, he came out and he said that it was his entire life and obviously the situation around what happened on AFTV yeah. um, has it, had a, a, a big impact and stuff like that but yeah it's just important that everybody you know looks after one another and thinks about uh, people's mental health and uh, you know reaching out to people just checking in on people making sure folks are okay and that they, they, they do know, you know, all right in these difficult times. So, yeah, just be there for one another. I always say on the end of the videos for the man in the van, you know, um, look after one another, you know, be kind, yeah, take okay. it easy, that sort of thing. But, yeah, yeah. It, it, it highlights and focuses. And I know we've done a lot previously with Be A Game Changer. We've done stuff for different charities and different events, and we've promoted mental health and, and, and all of that sort of thing. But uh, it, it does refocus it does refocus the mind but yeah shout out and thoughts yeah. to god's family and, and these and these close friends yeah that, that uh, that's a that's a brilliant tribute paul that I, I did i did forget to mention that so i'm pleased you brought it up but the tribute room I, I, I met him once um after we beat them after we beat arsenal at st james's park to one and more promotion season um such a sound bloke honestly um you could tell how he came across in his interviews like he wore his heart on his sleeve he cared about his football club yeah. um sometimes he might uh, some like, he wasn't perfect sometimes he said Nobody like, he the wrong thing and but he he, he bled arsenal mate he did he loved yeah. arsenal football club and if you if you like get a a famous a famous thing for famous people on like fan channels and that claude is definitely near top of the list a uh, raw passionate fan didn't we up until aftv came up came along he probably didn't have a social presence much of a social presence but he really he, he, he wore his heart on his sleeve he never shied away from his opinion and that's one thing i think uh and envied with him where he didn't care what anybody thought of his opinion he gave it he, he spoke true and he cared about his football club and, I, and as people who aspire to be like that paul i think that's um it's it was a really brilliant trait that he had there uh, where, mm. where he, he thought of it just refreshing wasn't it and, uh, it, and, and, and like you touched on before I, I know there was the issue and in, in, in stuff like that and you know that things that got said that um, you know sh shouldn't have been said and, and, and this that and the other but uh, I think deep down I mean I think from all the tributes that have come out and everything uh, he was a passionate man he he, he cared um, he, he did again a lot of uh, you know charity work and a lot of work in the community and 
it, it's it's just it was really really sad. I think it knocked us both, uh, for, you know, for, for six. We've obviously seen them through connections with you know what we've done previously and, and what yeah. we do. Uh, and we saw a man who uh, was very, very passionate about game um, and very, very passionate about his club. And uh, again, it, there, there was no uh, dressing it up. There was there was no putting on a persona. Uh, there was no agenda. No, you know, I'm trying to flog this, that or the other or, you know, click on this link or... It, it wasn't about that. It just... It was raw 100% about yeah. the football That's club true. that he cared passionately yeah. about. So... Yeah, I, I just felt it, it, you know, was important to be able to address it on the next podcast because um, yeah, we did, put, you know, we did put stuff out on our social medias and, and, and everything. But uh, yeah, uh, big shout out to, to Claude and his, uh, you know, his family. Yeah, his, and his family. Uh, yeah. Condolences to them all. Um, really sad for the fan channel community to lose a big figure like uh, Claude. But rest in peace, man. It, honestly brilliant bloke and it's a real shame that we found out the news that we've, we've, we've sadly lost him but I'm, 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 I appreciate you bringing that up Paul because I, 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 forgot, I forgot it with all the stuff of today and stuff but I'm pleased you've brought it up but um, I think that rounds off the podcast yeah. on a, he, he, he'd, on he'd a... have loved as well he would have loved Spurs dropping points so quite a fitting tribute that we were able to stop Spurs yeah. getting the, yeah, but, yeah, uh, in the, the top of yeah I, I, I think the same about Steve Bruce as he thinks about as he thought about Arsene Wenger all them years ago. Steve Bruce, it's time to go. Yeah, I'll leave it on that. Um, next week, big podcast uh, with the big game coming up. So, um, if 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 you like in the podcast, let we know. Send a message in if you've got any any critiques or feedback or anything like that we'd love to hear from you if you even want to come on we can add a guest list and we've got we've got a little bit of a queue i've got a couple that are coming on the next couple of weeks and, and stuff paul need to get jack on uh the tune review we're looking to get him on as well and um, there's a couple more coming on as well but if you want to be a part of that we're not just aiming for influencers we aim, aim for any any which way any any fan if you love the club and stuff like that Get, get in touch. I mean, we're just average Joes ourselves, just want to speak to fellow fans. So if you want to get involved, drop a message on my Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. It be easy to catch with. So, um, yeah, if you want to get involved, do get in touch. But a little bit of a guest list, mind. But um, big one next week. Um, so points. Must win. As you, as you say, man, I'll call, I'll, I'm going to name the podcast that points not positive so love yous and leave yous and see yous next week see yous later everyone keep it doing